Let the poor man say, I am rich in him. Let the lost man say, I am found in him. Let the river flow. Let the blind man say, I can see again. Let the dead man say, I am born again. Let for Jesus Church, located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is Elaine Allen. Yes, praise the Lord. Now today, this week, we will continue our discussion of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So I want to work on, um, or we'll talk about actually, uh, just a, a couple of current events. And then I want to get back into talking about, I don't know, a topic about weak faith. So someone sent me a couple of articles about Kim Burrell, B-U-R-R-E-L-L. She's a gospel singer, and um, I actually didn't hear about her, but I guess she was, uh, or she is controversial. And she says she recently, well, she recently posted a video of a sermon that she gave and they call her the disgraced gospel singer. Because? Well, I don't know. I guess she was on, um, she was supposed to be on Ellen DeGeneres' show. Oh, she's show, the one. And she was ousted. And, okay. And she, uh, made, I, she made comments okay. about, um, referred to gays and lesbians as perverted. Um, referred well, to them was, or the act? This article just says, referred to gays and lesbians as perverted. She sang the I See Victory on the soundtrack for the 2016 historical drama Hidden Figures. And as soon as her comments surfaced, the film's actors condemned them. Ellen DeGeneres canceled her scheduled TV appearance. A Texas university canceled her radio show. The CW dropped her TV talk show from its lineup. The music company pulled her from their annual trailblazers of gospel music event. And she, so that's why she's... trying to take her career. But what um, I'm trying to, you know, because I don't know if the article is for her, against her, or is it Well, this article is this year. And, well, I guess... 
she's she's showing how defiant she is in the face of a blowback. Apparently, in the recently posted sermon, she says some people thought I was worried about all this mess when the LGBTQ or would whoever they and I'm going to read it verbatim, or whoever they was coming after me. I told them, I don't know about no LGBTQ. For all I know, that means let God be true quickly. And um, the congregation applauded. Evidently, she was talking before a church. And uh, she says, I'm not bitter, I'm not angry, I'm just aware. I realize that some folk, oh my God, they'll be one way one day and the next day they will change on you. You all do what you want to, I don't. Exactly, what did she say? (laughs) I have trouble. You all do what you want to. I don't know about none of it. You all kill me, church people. You all kill me being scared to tell the truth about God's word. Y'all kill me with that. Well, the day I woke up and realized I wasn't just the world against me, it was hiding fake church people who don't want to own up to the truth of the Bible, didn't want to associate with me, scared to bring me to their churches, canceling assignments. There's not one door that I've missed. And as you can see, there's not a meal that I've missed either. (laughs) She said this last line pointing to her curvaceous body and then she continued and show ain't losing no sleep i said unto the devil would whatever you tried it didn't work you all talking to me i'm about to close on a 12.3 million dollar edifice in houston texas i'll send you an invitation when i go in i have a right to have an attitude because it's my war mindset Whatever he tried, I dodged and missed it. You couldn't get me, Negro. You could. You tried to down me. I dodged and missed it. You tried to get my character. I dodged and missed it. You're trying to dig up mess. I dodged and missed it again. So she's saying that they, they there basically is tried a to ruin her and fake she church. There are fake church people out there. Well, yes. I mean, she didn't know that. <laughs> of course, and, and, well, and this, what she has experienced is people who, I guess, profess to support her, uh, you know, and, and have her back based upon the political climate at the time, they they reneged on their promises. And so, therefore, she had uh, engagements and uh, counseled on her and, you know, things that, I guess, affected her economically. She had that happen, but she's saying it's not like... I'm out of the pictures, not like you took me out. It's just that she, it was an eye opener. She can't take people at their word. It's like the Lord said, it's their fruit. You have to look at not just what they say, but what they're doing. And then I guess NPR reported in its 2012 segment titled Blacks, Gays, and the Church, a Complex Relationship. It said that gospel music undeniably has a queerness at its roots and that has not only shaped the genre, but it has continued to give gospel music its enduring vibrancy. One of the black church denominations' Uh largest influence in the musical genre is the Church of God in Christ that Burrell 
belongs to. Church of God in Christ is the largest African-American and largest Pentecostal church in the United States. As the largest denominational black church in the country, it is also the loudest in rebuking homosexuality. There they go with color again. Okay, but keep going. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yes. With many of the gospel industry, music industry megastars from Church of God in Christ, the church's charismatic worship style shouts to a black, gay, male, queer, gospel aesthetic every Sunday. Really? And the church is conflicted with itself. For example, Pastor Donnie McClurkin, an mm-hmm. uber star in the stratosphere of black gospel music, also belongs to Church of God in Christ and struggles mightily with his sexual orientation. God did not call you to such perversions. Your only hope is Jesus Christ. We're not. Were it not for this Jesus, I would be homosexual today. This God is a deliverer. McClurkin exhorted with fire and brimstone at the Church of God in Christ's 102nd Holy Convocation International Youth Department worship service in November of 2009. Um, in Burrell's unapologetic rejoinder defending her sermon about the LGBTQ community, stated, I love you and God loves you, but God hates the sin in you and me. Burrell's theological qualifier of love the sinner and hate the sin is commonly heard in our churches. This message is is um, to the LBGTQ worshiping community on many levels. Yeah, I, so, so, so I'm thinking, I haven't heard the sermon that they got so upset about, but I'm thinking she's telling them that it's the sin. So when the person, whoever paraphrased or reported on what she said uh, was coming out saying she called them perverted. She probably called what they did perverted, which is, and you can lead a perverse lifestyle. There's no need in people denying the truth, but this whoever was written, writing this article trying to say that the church struggles every uh, Sunday with their stand against sodomy, and yet the, the people struggling within the church, the superstars, have, have been delivered from sodomy. What does that mean? It just means that God delivers a person from sin, whether it's sodomy, whether it's uh, lying. You know, all sin will condemn a person and separate them from the Lord, and the end is perdition. So I don't get what this individual is trying to say. If he's struggling with, if, if Donnie McClurkin is struggling with his sexuality, that's Donnie McClurkin. That's not the church. <laughs> that's Donnie. And he has to answer to God for himself. I don't care what type of uber star they think he is within the church community. He, when he stands before God, he's no star. He's naked before the Lord, and he has to give an account for his uh, stand in, in the Lord, just like we all do. So I don't... I don't know what what people try to get across, but I they they're so upset with her for basically telling the truth. Man, and I think she was saying, I think this uh, comment is from her. It says, "What has always made me shake my head in utter disgust is not how most African American gospel church choirs of any note have LGBTQ singers, but how they also actively seek us out as." It's not her quote seek us out as ministers of music who in the world does that and this is um oh my goodness rhythm and soul music awardee janelle monet and 
R&B and hip-hop songwriter Frank Ocean. Well, they are I'm both sorry. openly queer. And they had made Well, if they're comments. seeking them out, the people seeking them out can't be delivered themselves. Just because you wear a title doesn't mean that you're saved. You know, just because you say you believe in the Lord doesn't mean that you do. And I am so sorry. You know, I can't picture somebody wanting to minister to the Lord because music is a ministry. And then you seek out people who the Lord condemns and the lifestyle condemns that particular lifestyle and condemns that sin and you seek them out saying it's okay we don't care we want you to minister before the lord that's like offering up a lame sacrifice that's like offering up a yearling that is diseased i mean the lord said it's like offering up a dog's neck he said keep it he doesn't want it if you can't do it as uh, the way he requires it the way he he expects it to be done the lord says keep it i don't need it moving on so Katy Perry uh, is ordered to pay nearly $3 million in damages after a jury found that her hit song, Dark Horse, illegal, illegally copied Christian rap artist Marcus Gray's 2009 song, Joyful Noise. Never heard of either, but okay. <laughs> Perry, along with the record company, Capitol Records and others were found liable on a copyright infringement and the song Dark Horse earned Capitol Records $41 million. Wow. Approximately $3 million of that went to Perry. Perry and the record company maintained they had never heard of Gray's song. And I suppose that's possible until it was brought to her attention. You know, because maybe she's not... She's not Christian. Oh, but whoever gave her the melody, I'm pretty sure they were aware of it. See, she might not have been, but whoever is doing the, the music composition behind her vocals, I'm pretty sure they knew. The jury ultimately decided that Grace should receive $2.78 million, of which $550,000 was to come from Perry herself. The jury also determined that Gray, who goes by the rapper named Flame, was responsible for 22.5% of the profits that the song Dark Horse earned. Gray argued that a 16-second musical riff from his song was lifted to provide the beat for Dark Horse. He filed the lawsuit five years ago, and it's just not being settled. The amount was awarded... The amount he was awarded was much less than the twenty million that he was seeking. He was seeking every almost all the profit that she made from at least half of it that she made from the song itself, and uh, I believe they awarded it based upon the number of seconds. Now, if the, if it had been longer, if he if they had did a longer take off of his song then his his reward probably would have been greater they would have awarded him something greater but because it was just 16 seconds mm -hmm. they probably did some type of mathematical computation and said well this is what it comes out to be yeah it was sampling they, they sampled like 16 seconds worth at the beginning of his song mm -hmm. and he recognized it right away he like, right away he's like hey there, that's Part of my song, and they could have offered him something for it. You know, a lot of times, when they're gonna use somebody else's music, maybe they knew that he probably would have refused it because 
Who knows? Of, of the artist she could have been message. stubborn too. Yeah, because right. when you sample artists, other artists' work, you're supposed to get like a sample clearance or permission right. from and, the artist. And the, and the law is still so new because sometimes they say if it's five seconds or less, there's nothing to sue over. But one person said you don't know what causes a song to become successful. That's why when when people were so, I guess, upset with um, Kirk Franklin, when his first group of singers felt like he was getting the lion's share and they weren't getting enough, what, what happens with a lot of the musicians, and they, maybe people are unaware of this, you have to sign off. You sign off on a contract Say if you're the studio musician, you sign off and, and you agree that you're only going to make so much off of being the studio musician. And then uh, if you are the choir or whatever, you end up signing off because if you don't, then the person, even though they might have written the song and might have even composed uh, the music behind it, they will owe equally to all the people who participated in making that song. So all these records that you hear all these songs you hear, people have signed off so that the majority of the profits then go to the person who, if they especially retain their publishing rights, the person who wrote the song and the music company itself. That's how that happens because they make you sign off. And evidently, Kirk Franklin had his group sign off because he won the lawsuit. From what I've gathered, he was not forced to take the profits that he made and share equally. But they felt like he should have. But he probably was feeling like this. He wrote it. He composed it. It was his vision. They probably felt like, but we sang it. It wouldn't have been come forward if, if we hadn't. And he probably felt like, well, I can always get somebody to sing it. I can always get somebody to play it. But you didn't think it. You know, you didn't create it. So they were really hard on him. But I, I felt for him in that sense because I know how he probably felt. He probably, they didn't get, I don't think, nothing. I'm pretty sure they were compensated, but they felt like the compensation wasn't enough. It was piddly. Right. All right, moving on. Someone sent me this article about Disney Channel, and I, I don't have the Disney Channel. I have poor man's cable, and I'm quite satisfied with that <laughs> because right. um, at least I don't um, have to pay all those <laughs> high prices to the cable. And, and uh, Anyway, the Disney Channel... There's a series, according to this article, called Andy Mack, and it had made history depicting the first, the network's first teenage gay couple. Oh, again. Now, season three finale of the series, which aired July 26th, concluded with the scene between Cyrus Goodman confessing his attraction to his classmate T.J. Kippen. Mm. The quote is, is there anything else you want to tell me? Cyrus asks T.J., to which he replies, yeah. Mm. Cyrus then reaches out oh and goodness. holds T.J.'s hand. Okay. So the homosexual de declaration was made in the episode along with another scene in which the pair sang along to Lady Gaga's LGBT anthem, Born This Way. Oh, uh, well, it, 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 I don't know. It used to be there would have been a time if you grabbed somebody's hand 
that was all that it meant. Just grab somebody's hand. Now you grab somebody's hand and say, whoa, oh. You know, they, there was a time when people expressed e- emotions or whatever, but they, they did, there wasn't a hidden agenda behind it. You know, it was open and above board, but no more. So this series was not renewed for a fourth season. Good. <laughs> While this was Disney's first depiction of a teenage same-sex relationship, the first same-sex adult couple in a Disney show for kids occurred in 2014 on Good Luck Charlie. And I never saw those either. I never saw that either because I, I don't have the Disney. Even if I had it, I wouldn't bother watching this. So. No. Because, I mean, it, first of all, I think some programs, when people watch them, it, it, it invites a certain atmosphere, a certain environment, a certain type of spirit within your house. You know, some things are just too dark to allow even in your house because the Lord said even even if you find somebody who blatantly does not uh, agree and tries to teach some other gospel the Lord said you don't even invite them in you don't welcome into your house and sometimes as saints we're welcoming things into our home th- through media that we should not be welcoming at all yeah, it seems like I was listening to something on uh, on the radio about that they were saying how even commercials. Yes. You know, the, the minister was saying that you turn off. He likes to watch football or sports programs, but he always mutes the commercials because he just doesn't like what's always in the commercials. Right. Now they have. And then he was calculating how if you let your children listen to the uh, TV for how many hours, you know, it's like he calculated by, by day, by by hour, by day, by year, mm-hmm. and you know, all that's bombarding right. your mind. Yes. Well, anyway, moving on. I heard this song, and um, it's called When Your Spirit Gets Too Weak. Okay. And the words to the chorus say, When your spirit gets too weak, when the water seems too deep, when you think there's just no way, I'll be there for you day, night and day. When the mountain seems too steep, when your spirit gets too weak, when you think there's just no way, I'll be there for you night and day. And I got to thinking, can a saint have weak faith? Uh, they can do it. I mean, can, your, can you have strong faith? I, I guess I, when I was listening to this, I was thinking about people that are saved for a while. And and then then they start getting weak faith, and and why would they get weak faith? Right, that was my question. What I mean, what would cause what them would to cause have weak, weak a person faith? to get weak faith? I mean, is it because I could see a person getting weary, but when you say weak faith, you know that begins faith in, in the Lord. Weak become weak towards God. I mean, I I don't understand where the weakness comes in. I can see where a person says, Lord, I'm tired, I'm ready to go home. Uh, oh, like Elijah said, Lord, I'm the only one saved. I'm not any better than, than the prophets. Take me. You know, I'd rather die at your hands, basically what he was saying, than at the hands of Jezebel. But he was he was weary, he was disgusted, because he felt like everybody had forsaken the Lord but him. Now, I can see a person becoming weary What I when they say weak faith when they they start doubting what that the lord is is worth serving i mean where where is the weakness that's what i don't understand i was thinking about that 
Hillsong singer Marty Sampson. Now he said his faith was on shaky ground. So I was thinking of, you know, along So that what line. causes a person person's faith to be on shaky ground? Is that you is it because you just let um you know, like the Lord says, the cares of this world? In, in some instances, yes. Or you're not, or you're, the roots haven't gone deep enough. Like when he said, the sower sowed the seeds. The roots haven't gone deep enough. And he said, so when the, when the trials and tribulation came, they didn't have enough root within themselves to withstand the scorching sun. And they withered and they died. That's the only thing I can think of. But if you say, can a person be weary? Yes. Weary, I can see that. But this song says, and, and I didn't know if it was a song that is okay to sing, you know, when your spirit gets too weak, when the water seems too deep. I can see you go through a trial and you feel like you're drowning in problems or, or right. health issues or when you think there's just no way I know the Lord will be there all the time. Right. Right. But that to me sounds like being tired. You're just tired of going through things. Right. You can, you you can, be, you can be weary. You can be tired. But when they, you know, some of the words I don't. Well, the first verse, with. the first verse I, I didn't care for, but it, I mean, it's a catchy tune. And it was, I like the harmony. And the first verse is, we beg to borrow, we beg to steal, we beg forgiveness, we beg to feel, we beg for love, I guess we beg for hate, we beg for everything and pray it's not too late. What everybody's trying to feel, I guess we're trying to heal. Everybody's got to kneel, no way to reinvent the wheel. Everybody's got to stand up on their feet, everybody needs a dream when the spirit gets too weak. Yeah, we so, beg to hate. I don't I beg to borrow, beg to steal. I don't know. See, I, I, sometimes I wonder when they write these lyrics what they're thinking. I, I wonder, I mean, even if it's say, well, that's how I feel in my heart, but if that's not according to the word of God, then that's how you feel in your heart. But I can't necessarily agree with it to sing because I don't see where, where people are giving God the glory. Now I know that there are songs of hardships, but the but the end of it is if we're singing as unto the Lord, the end of it is uh, faith. It should be some type of affirmation, some some hope, some joy, not despair. But I think if you if you know, I guess I feel like you can get weak if you stop doing what you know to do. You know, if you oh, fail yes. to assemble yourself with others you know stop going to church stop reading the word stop you know and then maybe slowly start hanging out with people that don't believe right uh, or you know if you're going through a problem you ask advice from someone who's not in church who doesn't believe in God you ask for their opinion about something that's spiritual you go to the ungodly to get counsel concerning spiritual matters we should not be and then all of a sudden things like that start to sound right to you right 
Yeah, I was reading here about uh, Marty Sampson. He said he wasn't renouncing his faith, but his faith was on shaky ground, and he was saying like, uh, it's like for questions, like if most of mankind, humankind, had a choice, would we not rid the world of the scourge of cancer or sickness and disease? Why doesn't God do such a thing? Of course, there is an answer to this question, but the majority of a typical Christian's life is not spent considering these things, he said. I don't think a majority of a Christian's life should be spent considering those things. I don't think the Lord intended for us to ponder on those things that we have no control over. Yeah, he was saying questions such as these remain in the too hard basket. Well, he can't. he's not God, so the Lord doesn't intend for us to uh, ponder what the Lord intends for us to do is to hold on to him, to trust in him as a child, to look to him. You know, it's like if a child comes to questions, why aren't you working more overtime? <laughs> because I want to increase in my allowance. I'm just wondering, how come my folks aren't millionaires? I mean, it's not for them to ponder, you know, how the mortgage is getting paid and how food is getting on the table. It's their place to be a child. Well, we're going to have to hold that thought until next week. Yes, praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Psalm 23, verses 1 and 2. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now ain't God all right? God, God is all right. right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was... What is the whole duty of man? And the answer is to fear God and keep his commandments. That can be found in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, which reads, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. This week's food for thought is, what happens to the memory of the just? Hint, the Bible, and that's food for thought. <laughs>